All right. So um, after uh, well, yeah, after a long, long break because COVID pandemic uh, brought a long break uh, to the work of the social oblets uh, video blog on YouTube and on Facebook. Uh, we are proudly saying welcome back because after a couple of months in January on the 17th we uh, launched the uh, first video on vocations uh, in this new year 2021 and uh, uh, on this uh, new beginning we are having here a special exquisite guest uh, who is from the States <laughs> in America. So welcome Father Victor uh, Manuel Patricio Silva uh, and of course Father Victor is going to introduce himself to us but uh, allow me uh, to say your name already. Thank you, thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah. You're Greetings welcome. From, from the other side of the ocean, yeah, from the United States of America. Indeed. Uh, well, it's it's not a uh, mystery that we are pre-recording this material. So here it's almost 8 p.m. in Ireland. I'm just wondering what time is there. Uh, where And actually, where is this there? Where are you living, Father? Well, right now it's 11.26 a.m. Uh, over here in San Diego, California. Actually, the, the city that we have, the parish, is Chulasta, California. But it's in, in California, side in the ocean, in the Pacific Ocean. So, my God, the, the, the west, the yeah, beautiful the views, western, the western side of, of, of the of the states. Yeah, yeah, you are really blessed with the weather there, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> Islands, it, it is actually today is going to be a little like over close to 80 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, uh, I don't know how it's uh, in Celsius, but... Don't ask is, me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe close to 20, 26 or 27, maybe Celsius yeah, degrees. Yeah, so. yeah. And uh, it's not also any mystery that you are an oblate of Mary Immaculate. Is that correct? Yes, uh, <laughs> I have been an oblate for almost yes eight or nine years, uh, that's a, a, I professed my first vows in 2013. So, mm. yeah. So today, yeah, this year is going to be uh, eight years as a vow. And, and I'm also wondering uh, when uh, did you receive the the sacrament of the uh, of the ordination? What year was that? That was 2018, uh, May 18, 2018. So, yeah, it's going to yeah. be three years this year. So, I remember that we've been celebrating uh, the uh, the time of our ordination and retreats before the ordination quite, you know, together because it was like one week or two weeks in between ourselves, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, uh, when was your ordination? Uh, 26th of May, uh, that's the Mother's Day in Poland, because I was ordained ordained in Poland in Obra, in our Oblate Scholasticate. And you? That Mine was in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, that's the place that the Oblates have. We have the Scholasticate in San Antonio, Texas, and we do the ordination over there. So, And there is also yeah. a beautiful university. Uh, have you been studying there? 
in San yes, Antonio. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah, the Oblate School of Theology that belongs to the Oblate of Mary Immaculate. So that's the place that, that we have the scholastica and also we have the university or the school for theology. That's beautiful. Yeah. And um, uh, tell us, Victor, also, uh, well, it's good to tell this uh, to, to everyone who is uh, watching or listening to this video, uh, how it happened that we met uh, like each other, when it happened. Do you remember? Do you recall anything like that? I remember very well. I think <laughs> it was, <laughs> well, it was uh, August the, the 2000. 17 yes indeed if i remember well so um and we were in aix-en-provence for our perpetual vows retreat well it, it is called in that way over here in aix-en-provence where the when was the foundation of the oblates of mary immaculate um and actually this coming january the 25th is going to be the the anniversary of, the, of our foundation and that was the the time that we made uh you were coming from Poland, and I was coming from the from the from the states, uh, and we have a beautiful journey together. Uh, it was a month, if I remember well, uh, of having like going kind of immersion in the oblate life, especially in the life of the founder and the first oblates of uh, that they started this this uh, really uh, we can say work of God. Yeah, likewise, likewise me, uh, because yeah, that was our crossroad, uh, Aix-en-Provence in France, in Marseille. And just to explain to, to those who are listening to this podcast, that uh, it happened exactly uh, when we've been preparing ourselves for the uh, perpetual vows. So that's the old tradition in the oblate world, that whoever can attend to the kind of a month of retreat in Aix-en-Provence in the place uh, of the first foundation of Father Eugene de Mazenot, uh, we travel there to just spend some quiet time together with our oblate brothers, sometimes also the sisters, uh, and to just enjoy this, this the spirit of Saint Eugene de Mazenot. And yes, and I, I remember that it was really beautiful and blessed time to really learn about uh, uh, the oblation, uh, what really means to, to become an oblate, and also what it really means to be in the, uh, in the oblate family, in the in international family. So we've, we prayed together, uh, we, uh, we had a beautiful uh, resting together in the community or alone, and of course we visited many oblate places uh, where, for example, Father Eugene Damasinot preached together with other oblates, their first missions, and uh, when he visited uh, the poor villagers uh, and the fishermen uh, in Marseille, and all of this uh, from the life of St. Eugene, uh, about what maybe in the future we will also talk a little bit more. Yeah, it was indeed a, a powerful experience. I, if I can, I can say that maybe Sometimes we have some doubts about vocation. If God is really calling us to be a perpetual bow uh, man and you know, mm -hmm. or, a, or a priest, mm -hmm. and I think for me that <clears throat> for me that time was the confirmation of the yes from God, yeah, and especially from my heart to say yes to God. And I also remember uh, very well the moment, uh, almost at the end of our retreats there in Exon Provence, when we've 
traveled together to Marseille, to the cathedral, where uh, where is the tomb of uh, our founder, mm-hmm. Saint Eugene. And I recall very, very well that you, even though you've been still before your perpetual vows, you brought with you uh, from the States the oblate cross, this big one, not the little one, because all of the scholastics used uh, to wear these little crosses, but you brought this big one to put it, to touch it with the tomb of our founder. It was very, very profound. Could you tell something more about that? Because I'm really still very deeply touched by uh, this, what happened there. Oh, wow, Dominic, I think you have a very good memory. <laughs> I totally forget about it, but you're, you're right, yes. Yeah, uh, that was my, uh, when I knew that I was going for the retreat, especially preparing for my perpetual vows, yeah. and it was already yeah. like accepted my, my request to do perpetual vows. And I started to find the cross that I was going to wear and because I wanted to make it a relic, a mm-hmm. second relic for me and so I requested to the provincial and he said yeah take it so and it was a special moment to put the cross on on the on the top of the on the the our founder's tomb and and to pray that I can be an oblate for life but not only a good oblate I think to be a holy oblate and it's a journey. I'm not saying that I'm a holy yet, but, uh, uh, but at least to start the journey and trusting in the intercession of Saint Eugene to be the oblate that he thought that I think the, the fire of the, of the foundation, the desire that he had from the beginning, maybe to be the fire that I, I can carry on in my life as a, as a, as a noble of Mary Magdalene. Mm, so mm, mm. thank you for reminding me that. Really, yeah. Thank I, you. I, thank you for being a I... good witness of Oblate lifestyle. Well, yeah. And try to do my best. Yes, you do. And in fact, you mentioned in the beginning uh, that you went there uh, to learn more and to discover more your and to uh, to build up, um, you know, the structure of your vocation. So I, I, I just thought that maybe uh, we also will ask you about your your personal vocation. Like we know, we all are called in one way or another to be uh, to be the Christians, to be the holy people of God, and in this way to realize our common vocation uh, to be to be the friends of Jesus Christ himself. But um, there is also the particular vocation to the religious life and also to the priesthood. Therefore, I just, uh, in the name of our, uh, of our, of our listeners uh, and watchers and subscribers, uh, I'd like to ask you if you could share a little bit more about the beginning of your journey uh, with the Oblates or uh, with the priesthood or whatever like this. Well, uh, I grew up in Mexico. Actually, I was born in Mexico and I grew up there. I am the youngest of 10 children. And my family was uh, very, I can say, um, very devoted family to the church uh, in their own way. I'm not saying that they are like really very committed, but they're trying to live up their life, their faith and their life in, in, as a Christians. And uh, so it was when I was 18 years old when I decided to go to a retreat. And it was not something because I wanted to be a priest or I wanted to be a religious uh, 
man, it, it was because one of my friends, uh, he, wa he wanted to go and he invited me. He said, hey, what about if we go together? And so I, I started to think, I said, well, I don't really, I don't want to be a priest. Right. Um, but he said, well, just go to accompany me. Mm. So it's not that you are going to, to join the Oblate. So, so I went because of that reason. And I was a youth minister in that time. And so I said, well, maybe I can encourage him and support him in his vocation. So we, were to, we went together. Uh, it was in Mexico City. And, and during the, it was a week retreat. Uh, and during that week, I, I have a, a spiritual experience, I can say, uh, that I felt in my heart, in the deep, in the deep of my heart, uh, God calling me uh, for something special, for something different that I, I never thought about it. Uh, well, I, I knew the, the priest. Uh, I knew about the church, but I never see myself being a priest. So in that time, I kind of felt that and kind of something deeper that maybe I, I cannot express that I, it was among maybe emotion and feeling or something. But uh, it was in that retreat that I decided to join the Oblates, you know, join the seminary, because in that time I didn't know about religious life and mm. priesthood. So I thought that all the priests were priests, just priests. <laughs> and just then the I started to know that, yeah, I started to know about the Oblates. And I said, yeah, I want to be a priest. I want to join the seminary. I see. And But like I was, like I said, actually I was 19 years old. So I went back to my home and I told my family, uh, I said, well, I'm going to the seminary. And, and and they thought that I was crazy because I never say about something like that. And, and they say, are you sure? And I started, yeah, I kind of felt that God is calling me to be a priest. And then they told me that why don't wait, I don't wait a little longer. Uh, uh, I was studying, I, I just started my university. So uh, they say, why I don't wait until... I finished the university, and then if I I decided to go to the seminary to go, and yeah. if it's not for me, so I can leave the seminary and, and having a career already. Yeah. So that was kind of the story that a piece of uh, good journey, isn't that, it? Yeah, and 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 I decided to wait. I finished my university. Uh, actually, I was studying and working. I was working in a bank in Mexico. And so I finished and I continued, but still there was something inside of me. So it was until I was 26 years old uh, that I decided to really take the, the risk mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and, to, and to go to the seminary. So I, I went to the seminary, uh, to the Prinovichet in Tijuana, Mexico, that we have the Prinovichet for, for those who we are Hispanics and and we don't know English. Um, so, and after that, I, I went for the novitiate in the States, here in the United States. And then my my theology I did here in, in the United States. So, I see. And congrats, you're doing well, aren't, they? aren't you? Yeah, actually, it was, uh, I can say that 
through all this journey in my vocation, uh, I, I see the signs of God in mm. my life. Now that I'm mystical or I have yeah. a mystical experience, but I can say that in, in my journey, I, I see the hand of God in my life. So, Yeah, yeah that's beautiful. And this is your, your third year as an oblate uh, priest. So uh, you changed already the, pray, the place of your work. Where have you been working before? Uh, what was the place yeah, I, of your first work as, as the oblate? What was your first I mission? Was, I was ordained in May 2018. Mm -hmm. and, and I received my first obedience from the Superior General to to be part of the U.S. province. And my first assignment, it was in San, San Fernando, California, in a parish, uh, Santa Rosa de Lima, St. Rose of Lima. Mm -hmm. And I was there for two years. And last year, uh, in July 2020, uh, I received the new obedience to come to the Chula Vista, to the most precious blood parish. Uh, so. It How far been, is it between these two parishes? Uh, well, San Fernando is in Los Angel Angeles area, and uh, Chula Vista is in San Diego area. So uh, it's uh, between two hours, two hours and a half uh, by car. minutes by car, yes. Oh, yeah, so. I see, I see. So you, you still have an opportunity and a possibility, except, of course, Uh, the lockdown situation to visit and to spend some time with the lads uh, you left there with your uh, with your parishioners with your friends yeah actually i i have sometimes the time to go uh, not openly or really like i haven't gone to the parish yet because because yeah. of the lockdown but at least i have some communication and still people continue like calling or sending texts or for social media sending messages and even i have a, a live stream program yeah you do uh, you do on facebook it's called something like the vitamins for the soul isn't it tell us something about is. this more please please <laughs> well <laughs> i think this is uh also a work from god uh, it was during the pandemic last year that we start to find some other ways to approach the people. Yeah. So I was in Santa Rosa in, in San Fernando, California, and, and I decided to start this program. Uh, at first, it was just morning prayer. It was morning prayer. And then somebody suggested why I, I, ha I don't put a name. And, and I, I thought about vitamins for the soul. So. Mm -hmm. Because we we want our, our bodies to be healthy, and we take vitamins uh, to make it healthier. All right, making healthy. Yeah. So I decided. Well, we need vitamins for the soul uh, to make yeah. it stronger and, and healthy. So in that morning prayer became vitamins for the soul, mm. and this is a Spanish uh, program. And so since March uh, until now. We keep doing the vitamins every week. Uh, before it was every day, wow. every day. But it was it was at least for me for other responsibilities. It was too much. And then when I moved to Chula Vista, I decided to have only three days a week. 
and uh, so I'm doing uh, every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And I'm kind of thinking that this is in the name of the Holy Trinity. That's that's yeah. why it's three days. But you have you have the a very good audience there, and, and it's a couple of dozens, uh, you know, people watching it and uh, supporting you and talking with you online because they are we are in fact leaving some comments and uh, for example sometimes you also uh, answer to people's questions, isn't it? Well, yeah. Now I started to have something different that people can uh, say uh, something or ask something to me. Hmm. Especially because before it was just me who who read the, the readings or do a meditation, and and that's it. But now I can ask the people to ask some questions. And, and today was it was the first time, and there was some interesting questions about my life, about uh, other maybe issues in the church. So uh, yeah, that's, that's I'm kind of grateful to have at least this communication in. That's that's, that, 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 that's great and it's for sure uh, by all means it's uh, I only believe uh, and imagine just how many people are supported by uh, the work of your uh, of you and uh, but the point of our program especially on the 17th of each month is also to support some particular group of people the young people uh, the men as well as the women uh, who are discerning their vocation to their religious life Uh, first of all, because the Oblates are, uh, you know, rooted in the religious life as well, but also to the priesthood. And I just wonder if maybe you have some kind, any kind of advice, uh, a word or a kind of tip uh, towards the young people, uh, and not only so young, um, who generally people who are discerning their vocation to serve in the church in such a particular way. I always say that vocation is a call from God, mm. and but most important is the response that we we give to that call, and and God is knocking doors and is knocking in our hearts, and and if you feel, I think for the young people, uh, you feel that that something is inviting you to something deep. Uh, to try to answer that call and, and to be generous with that answer. Um, and sometimes we have fears, we have doubts, but that's normal. I think we are human beings. We are not uh, really people that we have everything solved and everything is clear, everything is perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, so don't be afraid. like. <laughs> St. John Paul II used to say, don't be afraid mm-hmm. uh, to make that step and, and to ask questions. I think any question is valid and, yeah. and maybe uh, other people have the same question. So don't doubt and say, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I can ask this question. So ask and if somebody has the answer, they're going to say or they're going to say no or Or ask somebody, somebody else. Uh, yeah. Even if you ask somebody and, and it's not a response that you are looking for, so maybe there are other people. So, and if, uh, but I, yeah. If uh, there is some young person, uh, for example, from the States in this particular situation, listening to us now, and they are wondering uh, about their vocation as well, right? And they are already thinking that, yes, probably I am ready to do some another one step. 
uh, accept just this thinking on my own about my vocation or even asking someone around me about this. Um, what particularly can do a person discerning uh, his or her vocation? Uh, for example, being in the States, what is the another one step to do to move forward with this? Particularly in the uh, obvious <clears throat> scenario. What we want the, the people to do at least is to start to, to find a vocation director uh, to talk about the, the, the initiative or the doubts or the questions or, mm. or this desire, maybe it's a desire already uh, and to formalize that. Uh, also, I always rec uh, tell the, the, the people, young men or young women, uh, to look for a spiritual director that yeah. they can discern uh, the call in a deeper way. Uh, so, and then I think, especially with us, is to start the process. Uh, we have also a, a, a vocation group that they meet every every month. Uh, so, and they we we share a, a talk, uh, and maybe we answer some questions. And, and we continue kind of discerning, discerning what, what is God uh, saying in their lives and, and how they are responding to, to mm. God's call. So, so I think, yeah, please uh, don't doubt maybe to communicate with us. Uh, actually, we have OMI USA vocation uh, in Facebook. Uh, and we have also... Uh, a phone number to call and and or if you put it in Google Oblates of Mary Immaculate and you are going to receive no oh, you find and, any and, kind of any sort of yeah maybe information. they can find also the page in Ireland and, and call you and say hey Father yeah, Dominica yeah yeah <laughs> that, that that's also what I was going to say that uh, when if you are already discerning your vocation and thinking about it uh, there are plenty of oblates around right and like yeah. uh, like Victor said uh, how it works in the states here in Ireland and in, in the UK also there is Father John John McFadden who is the vocations director and uh, you can find really easily a contact number and any kind of details in any of oblate parishes but also uh, on Online, right or uh, yeah and you can uh, communicate with us and uh, that's that's the beginning of this journey which lasts uh, beautifully for years uh, for now on right so please god that the young people will also find this encouragement around themselves and in the parishes they live in or in the communities they are spending the time uh, around and um yeah, that, that was beautiful, really. Uh, at the end of our conversation, uh, Victor, uh, I just to, I just like to say uh, a, a piece of scripture uh, to each one of us listening to this uh, to this to these stories from uh, the first letter to the Corinthians, where uh, we read uh, the words of Saint Paul saying, "Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ?" Uh, this is the message uh, towards each one of us. Um, we can discern our vocation, but we can uh, for sure be also uh, much happy uh, of being, you know, the lay people engaged in life and ministry of the church already. Uh, this way or another, uh, St. Paul's in the first letter uh, to the Corinthians uh, 
reminds each one of us that we are the members of one body, which, uh, which is the body of Christ himself. And that's something to be very happy and very thankful indeed. Thank you so much, Victor, for this beautiful conversation once, uh, once again. And at the end, I'd like to say uh, that behind you, there is a picture of uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe. And also here uh, in Ireland, uh, we have uh, a lot of uh, Mexicans from uh, many communities here. And we also know about the novena for Our Lady of Guadalupe. And we pray through her intercession very often indeed. And I, I'd like to ask you to have some uh, final little prayer uh, through the intercession of Our Lady. And maybe uh, you'll be also uh, so uh, kind to give us your blessing as well. Yes, sure. Thank you very sure. much indeed. In the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for creating us. Thank you for redeeming us. Thank you for your great love uh, for calling us to life, but especially to calling us for a Christian life through our baptism. And thank you for the call that you make to each one of us. And in the same way that Our Lady respond to that, to her call and saying the her fiat, uh, do unto me according to your will. We want also to do your will in our lives, to respond with a generous heart like Our Lady. And in a special intercession of her, we put our lives so she can help us to be a true disciples of the Lord. Disciples that respond to the needs of others, but also disciples who give their lives for, for God, for the church and for the world. And through the, her intercession, we ask also to bless all the families, especially in the, in the middle of this pandemic, that they can find in God, this wonderful God that works in their lives. And we ask this through the intercession of Mary of, Mary of Guadalupe, but in the name of Jesus who lives forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So, uh, have a lovely time this uh, very Sunday afternoon and also uh, to you, uh, Victor, that the Lord will bless you and will give you strength to do your uh, mission and that also he will provide a blessing towards your parishioners and any kind of ministry uh, you are currently doing there. Thank you, Dominique. Good to Thank see you. you. Good to talk to you. Yeah. God All bless. Right. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye-bye.